Welcome to the Speaking Light into Abortion podcast, where I talk about all the reasons it's possible for you to thrive after your abortion. I'm your host, Amanda Kingsley, and two years after my own abortion, I certified as a life coach so I could serve women after abortion in all the ways they've been deserving and lacking for centuries. Consider this your launchpad for finding strength and community in yourselves and in each other. Oh my goodness, you guys. Before today's episode, I want to give you a really big, exciting announcement. Um, It is not available yet, as in in this very second that I'm recording, but my book, What I Wish I'd Heard After My Abortion, it's 100 Love Notes, How to Survive, Come Alive, and Thrive After Your Abortion, is going to be purchasable this week. I mean, assuming the Amazon angels are on my side, um, you should be able to order the book this week and get it in your hands. The truth is I didn't order myself a copy before I'm giving everyone else access because I just believe it's going to be amazing and I don't need to hold a copy before you do. So it's quite possible that one of you could actually have the book in your hands before I do. How wild is that? So... If you want to make sure you are among the very first to have access to the book, be sure you're on my mailing list, be sure you're following my social media, and join my Facebook party. Um, I'm going to have a Facebook group open for the next probably two or three weeks um, as I really just birth this thing into the world. Um... I'll be posting a lot this week and then a lot less after that. Uh, The way book sales work is that the more people who buy it right at the beginning, the more Amazon says, hey, this is what people want. And um, there's even a a post in that party group about my love-hate relationship with Amazon. Um, But I'm so grateful that they give me this space to publish a book and put it in your hands. what else do I want to say? Uh, the book is not quite uploaded to um, uh, Ingram Spark, which is where I hesitate to even say <laughs> because it doesn't matter to you. What matters to you is it will soon be uploaded in a way that private bookstores or even big bookstores like Target and Barnes and Noble um, can order copies. So that's a little different than Amazon. If your bookstore wants to carry it, they can order it in a different way, which is totally awesome. So as we move forward, I encourage you to reach out to your local booksellers. Tell them this book exists. Um, There are people always looking for support after abortion. As you know, that's why you're here. Um, There was one other thing I wanted to say. Definitely going to be giveaways and fun just information um, in the Facebook party. So please join. It's just called like What I Wish Facebook Book Launch, maybe something like that. You can always reach out to me um, and find it. Um, Yeah, I did not prepare anything for this little intro. And there was definitely one more thing I was going to say. I have no idea what it is. So maybe I'll say it next week or at the end. And the episode finishes. 
enjoy today's episode. Thank you so much always for being here. Please share with friends. Please share the podcast. Please share the book. Um, please share my social media. Actually, that was just enough for me to remember the last thing I wanted to say, which is uh, the contents of the book are actually technically all public to you. I have been um, sharing these what I wish notes um, as referenced in an episode a little while back. Um, they go out in my mailing list twice a week. I continue to write them. There will be more volumes of these books. Um, and if you don't have $18.99 to buy the book, like go to Instagram. It's all there. It's all there. Um, it's just really exciting to be able to have it in a uh, hard copy in your hand and to be able to um, fold over corners and write in it and journal in it and um, just really have an experience with the book. That's what I imagine you all doing. It's so good, you guys. Like, it's so good. I'm so excited to put it in the world. Um, so that's all. I will let you move into the episode. Um, it's a good one. Get ready. Ooh, so good. Um, I am, I was just saying before we hit record how excited I am about this episode um, and to have you here because it feels like something I'm really curious about, believe in, know exists, but don't understand. And I feel like you have such a deep understanding. So I'm going to let you introduce yourself. Um, let's start there. Give yourself a good old introduction for our podcast audience. And then, um, and then let's dive into all the juiciness that lies beyond that. <laughs> okay, awesome. I'm Monet Florence Combs. I am a past life coach and I am also a quantum healer. So I mm. do uh, hypnosis to help people access their own wisdom within that lives in their, uh, higher self and also access any sort of, um, stored memories that their soul has been through in their whole lifetime of, of the soul, right. Which Ugh. is much, much bigger and greater than our, our, our you know, current lifetime. Mm -hmm. So it's really fun. It's really cool. It's so amazing. So what happened is Monet posted a, uh, Facebook, I think I saw it on Facebook, doesn't matter, post about past life trauma. And I was like, oh, we must have this conversation on the podcast mm. because I think what happens a lot in my audience, well, probably in every audience that exists anywhere in the world, but what I notice a lot is that some of us step into our abortion choices thinking it's it's going to be like, not easy, but thinking it's not going to be as charged as it ends up being mm. as emotional, as thought provoking, as like big, I guess, you know, I use that yeah. word hesitantly, but for instance, myself, like I was very pro-choice, very much surrounded by people who supported me. And I was like, why is, why does this feel so 
big and hard. And like, where's all this coming from? Mm. I think a lot of the people who are attracted to my work are a curious about all the emotions that come up and be Mm -hmm. surprised. Like, where did that come from? Yeah. And so when I think about your work, it helps me remember that where it came from might not be obvious in this lifetime that we've lived, Mm -hmm. right? You can't maybe pin it back to like a memory when you were in your early twenties or when you were seven, because maybe it's so much bigger than that. And abortion just became a door to see something that was like from long ago. So yeah. Yeah. So good. (laughs) I would say it's, it can be a catalyst, right? Yeah. Um, to sometimes what happens. So let me kind of explain the different types of trauma that we're used to, um, experiencing and that we talk about, right. There's current life trauma, which is usually pretty easy to, uh, pinpoint the source of it. Right. (laughs) Because it's something that we learned along the way. It's something we experienced along the way. And, uh, you know, something that people, are talking a lot about now is ancestral trauma, right. Mm -hmm. That has come down the line through, um, you know, the maternal or paternal side. Um, and that can be a little trickier to really, uh, understand because it's, it's stored through epigenetics, right. It's, um, we don't always have a clear understanding of what caused that, but we can usually look back and say, okay, well, you know, my mother experienced this in her lifetime. Right. And, and then we can kind of reframe our lives around that way. But the thing that's hard to see because it lies beneath the surface is past life trauma. And the way that that shows up is usually what I see is it's, uh, when something just kind of how you were explaining where it's like, where is this coming from? Where are all these feelings coming from when we're not able to pinpoint them in our current life? Uh, and all of a sudden some sort of catalyst, right? Like, a an abortion would be idea, like, a is a really good example of a catalyst that just kind of dredges all this emotion up. And then we go, Oh my God, where did this come from? And what do I do with it? Yeah. (laughs) I'm just like, "Uh uh-huh. So what do we do with it? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I mean, I'm pretty, pretty specifically like a thought work coach. I bring in some energy work, some, moving into your past work, some story work, some like, you know, I, I've accumulated a lot of tools. Sure. I know for sure that I do not have the tools and resources <laughs> to understand how you even, what do you even do when you feel like mm-hmm. there's past yeah. life trauma happening? <laughs> right. And you're like, what is going on? The first thing that is healing on its own, right. It kind of helps, uh, helps you integrate is it's actually visiting the source of whatever, if you suspect, right. That you have all of this, um, the stored trauma and you have no idea where it came from. Right. Yeah. 
going, it is actually accessing that. And so, and, and being curious, right? So um, something that I do with my clients is that we, we use, uh, right, through hypnotism, we are able to go into the subconscious to access any life that you have experienced <laughs> that my, like, is <laughs> that I'm is bringing my this head, up for which you. is why we're both laughing because I'm yeah. like, I like believe it and I don't uh-huh. believe it, and I'm like, well, that wouldn't work for me. Like my brain mm-hmm. is just like, what? How is this right. possible? <laughs> yeah, let me let me uh, explain uh, that. So it's actually it's it it sounds right, kind of woo woo, <laughs> as people say, but it's it actually, the way it works is when you go into hypnosis, your brain wave state changes, right? Uh And clinical hypnosis, which we're used to talking about, that's where somebody, uh, you know, it's like, oh, help, that might be to help you lose weight or to help you, you know, do something kind of, uh, that's just a problem in your life, right? Stop smoking or something. Mm -hmm. And in those types of hypnosis, um, situations, you're going into kind of a lighter hypnosis state. Okay. So what we do in quantum healing hypnosis is we actually go into a theta brainwave state, which is, uh, the state where your brain is very relaxed, <laughs> like the, the brainwave changes, right? Um, it's actually the same. So I've, I've been a birth doula, actually. I don't know if you knew that me about too. me. Did you know that? I, yeah, I think Wait, I did really? know that. Yeah, for, for oh. many years. Well, that I mean, so cool. I think I attended like 60 something births. Dang, was, that is was, awesome. Yeah, yes. Like some yeah. of my favorite work. Yeah. Yes. Well, so in, you know, in birth, when your, your brain you know, they call it labor land or whatnot. It's your, your brainwave state changes. And that's the theta state. That's that like primal state Mm. where you're able to kind of go behind the veil of the conscious mind and access that subconscious. Um, if you've ever, you know, uh, experienced this for yourself, it's, you know, it's kind of time kind of suspended. It's very, it's kind of a, a weird experience. And so that's, that's the theta state. And so in that state, we're able to kind of dip past the conscious mind and go into the subconscious is where, where your, your higher self lives or your, Mm. you know, your higher self is another way of saying, um, you know, you're like over soul, right. Your soul that has gone through all these lifetimes and you're able to just kind of tap in and you're, your higher self actually helps select like the, the, uh, life that is most appropriate to what you're dealing with right now to yeah. show you. And then you kind of experience it. I, I lead people through it in a way where we just get curious and, uh, and, and then whatever comes up, comes up. And once it's up and once you're able to go through this, um, that's part of the healing, right? Is just being like, 
okay, awareness of where this is all coming from so that you can heal. So that's kind of like part one. The -hmm. second half of the session is what is where we, we actually speak with the higher self. We call the higher self forward. Okay. While we're in a theta state. Okay. Yeah. Because usually the, the longer we go into the hypnosis, the kind of Mm -hmm. deeper you get. Okay. Um, and then we're able to kind of talk to the higher self and the higher self is excited. It's, it's kind of weird if you've never experienced it, but the higher self is excited to talk and answer whatever questions you have and awareness about like, what do you need to do to heal? Why, like, yeah. What is the purpose of this and why, how can, what do you need to know so that you can move past this? Mm-hmm. Do people, can people access this state through meditation? Mm, yeah. Yeah. If you're like a, I would say if you're a good, like if <laughs> not good, if you're, if you're very, uh, adept at meditation, right. And you go into kind of like a trance state easily, yeah. Yeah. then you totally could, could, yeah. um, the difference is when you have somebody who I is was just thinking that who like <laughs> ask the questions, right. Yes. Because I've tried to do it myself totally, and, and I can get into the theta state, but then I'm just kind of in dreamland and I just kind of go to sleep. Yeah, of course. (laughs) So, so when I have a session with myself, you know, where I have somebody else on the other end, then I make sure, you know, they're, they know my whole story. They're able to ask the questions that need to be asked so that I can get the answers I need. Yeah. That facilitation super super valuable. Mm-hmm. Wow. Okay. <laughs> I have no questions because my brain is just like, what? Yeah. Are there people who, I mean, you must have had sessions with people like me who are like, okay, I kind of believe you, but I don't think it would work for me. Like mm-hmm. there's no way I could go to that state. Yeah. Like, I'm too heady. Like that's, that's like what comes to me. Like I'm way too heady. I wouldn't be able to, mm-hmm. to get there. Yeah. We definitely do some, some prep to help, help you kind of get used to going into like a trance state. Um, yeah. and the, the interesting thing is, you know, you never, some people, <laughs> some people will just go like super deep into, into Mm -hmm. theta. And you're, Mm -hmm. it's just like, and you have no idea who's going to go in really deep and who's going to have a little harder time getting into it. Uh, and it's, it's interesting. So sometimes it just takes a little bit of time and patience. That would be me. I would be like super skeptical. And then I'd be like in. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And then it's like, once you kind of get, and that's even how it's interesting. So I've had my own sessions, right on the receiving end. And, uh, I always start out where I'm like kind of fighting with my conscious brain and, <laughs> and, and, uh, it takes me a while to kind of get in, but once I'm in, it's just like something else takes over and, yeah. and I, I'm able to let my conscious brain take a backseat and let yeah. the conscious subconscious brain have the, the mic essentially. Yeah. I mean, with anything as a client, it's just a matter of like, do I want to have the faith and the trust to give this a go? 
Like, mm-hmm. just do I trust this practitioner to take me here? Yeah. Um, and being curious about it. So if someone were coming to this work specifically because they've had one or more abortions that felt, okay, another thing that happens in a lot of my community is that they'll have an abortion and not really think much of it. Mm -hmm. Have a second or third abortion or whatever and have a completely different experience. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So might a question that gets asked once you're in that theta state is like, would a question be like, what do I need to see about this abortion? Or what is this Mm -hmm. about? Or like, what kinds of questions might get asked once you're there? (laughs) Yes. So, so what we do like in the, in one of the prep sessions is we really go in and find out, okay, what is like, what is the thing that you really if you could understand this and have complete understanding of it, like if that was available to you right now, what would you want to know? Right. Right. And, um, sometimes, and that's kind of our intention, our overarching intention for the session. And that's how the, that's how the higher self picks out, you know, what to show. Yeah. Um, and so that would be, that's like the preliminary thing, but then once you're in, right. And we've kind of come up with these questions ahead of time. Um, then we can ask literally anything. Yeah. Literally anything. It could be, you know, what do I need to, um, know about this experience so that I can move forward? How can I heal physically? What do I need to do to heal emotionally? Yeah. And the higher self knows all of this and will will give you the, the most, um, really clear and wise answers to all of your questions. Okay. So now I have a higher self question. Okay. (laughs) Yeah. Do we each have a higher self, like an individual soul Mm -hmm. or is higher self one collective? Oh, I love that question. <laughs> what a cool question. Um, yeah. So, so we have, we each have our own higher self that's individual to us. It's unique okay. to our soul. Um, however, sometimes depending on, um, you know, the session and the person who I'm doing a session with sometimes other, um, other voices will, will come in, right? It could be a guide, a spirit guide, mm. it could be a collective, mm-hmm. uh, you know, it could be, it's always some, there's a lot of protection involved in setting up the space so that only, um, only so that it's safe, right? Yeah. Yeah. So that you're protected and then whoever needs to come through to speak will come through to speak. Okay. So then how is this different than like a medium reading or Mm -hmm. channeling or that kind of thing. Yeah. It's the, I would say the biggest surface, like on the surface, um, difference is that it's you 
doing it as opposed to somebody saying, okay, yeah. you know, so-and-so is coming right. through, here's what they have to say. Right. And you, and you're kind of yes. skeptical, right? I mean, I love mediumship and stuff like that, totally. but, but you have to really put your faith in the, in the person you're working with that they are telling the truth. Interesting. <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> okay. That makes sense. I'm glad I, when I asked that question, I was like, that's a dumb question. Why are you asking? No, that's a and now I'm question. really glad I asked that question. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Because it actually, it comes through yeah. your mouth. Yes. You know? Yes. And, and so it's in that way, it's interesting because I'm having a conversation with you about you. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Do people tend to remember what they've said, seen, heard, experienced in a session? Yes. Yes. Usually. Sorry, my cat just my cat's stalking. I don't know if you can hear her. I can, but I've never heard a cat talk quite like that. (laughs) She had something to say about this. Um, yes, people can, uh, usually remember most of it. Um, Mm -hmm. but as it's usually like, as the hours pass, as the day passes, it kind of gets it's almost like it gets reabsorbed unless mm-hmm. you really go back to it. So I always send out recordings of the sessions yep. and I also do transcriptions. So it, because it can be so helpful, like I revisit my own transcriptions all the time yeah, just to like reaffirm like, oh yeah, I said all that. Oh yeah. That's like yeah. really good advice that I still need to integrate. Okay. That's literally the word I'm writing right now is integration. Yes. So my question was, I just listened to, um, Shyla Cash's podcast for the first time. Um, I only listened to one episode and I will link to it. I don't even know what the podcast is called, (laughs) (laughs) but she was talking about, I shared it with multiple people because I was like, oh my God, this is so good about, you know, the physically cellular changes that happen Mm. after a breakthrough or a new awareness or like I'm imagining a session like this Mm -hmm. and then like the physical integration of that like taking time so I would imagine that after a session like this it takes some time to like integrate all of what you now I want to say no, but like technically, Mm -hmm. I guess you already knew it. You just didn't know that you knew it. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of wild like that. Um, Or you'll have a lot of times what will happen, side note, is that people will have memories, right? Or there'll be like dreams, recurring dreams. Uh Right. And then they find out like, oh, that's actually attached to my past life. Um, But yes, it, it, some things are kind of instantaneous, um, especially on the like, yeah, on the emotional and physical side. Cause something that we also do is like, we can, we, depending on the client, we can go through a healing during the session as well. Right. We Mm. ask the higher self to, to help heal. If there's, uh, you know, any body, um, issues that need to heal, or at least provide advice on how to heal. So sometimes things will get, um, get resolved like instantly. Yeah. Right. Other times it, it takes some time. And that's why, like, I also work, I have 
continuation, right? Like the past life coaching aspect where it's like, yeah, okay. Right. Cause sometimes, sometimes what will happen is somebody will have a session and they get everything they need from it. And then they're like, yes, yeah. like I got this. I'm, I can move forward now. And it's just, and it maybe they, and they, they can integrate it themselves, right? They have the tools to integrate it themselves. Mm-hmm. Um, and, or it's just instantaneous. Other times what comes up can be unexpected yeah. and heavy. And it's like, who, you know, who do I even talk to now? Who do I talk to? Yeah. <laughs> and then that's where, where it's like, okay, let's, let's talk about continuing this so that we can yeah. integrate it. Yeah. Okay. So this is leading me to a different question I had when people join my program. Um, I have recently introduced them to a session of RTT, which is rapid transformational therapy, which is mm. like a version of hypnosis and oh cool I've heard of that but I don't know a lot about it okay well there was a podcast about it for anyone listening (laughs) oh cool and so I have found that a lot of times after my clients in my program have this RTT session it comes up multiple times over the next 12 weeks they'll be like oh you know this thing happened in my session with Anka And then we talk about it. Mm -hmm. And so that's what you're talking about is like, sometimes you access something and then the coaching afterwards is like, what do I do with it? How do I look at that again? And so, yeah, exactly. Okay. Yeah. And that's, um, you know, and that's something that if, if you, you know, had a client who is like, okay, I'm ready to go into the past life stuff right? Then we could do a session, a standalone kind of freestanding session and then work through it with you afterwards, right? Yes. If you're, cause you've been working with them over time. Yeah. And I don't think Anka's work from what I understand, RTT does not go into past life or this quantum healing. Like, I think mm-hmm. it's more like it's a my understanding and I've experienced it is that it's a lighter hypnosis that stays in this lifetime. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Most of them are. Yeah. Are more like I think that. like yeah. this is a totally different level we're talking about, but that idea of coaching about what you've, ex- you know, through what you've experienced, same, mm-hmm. same and so valuable. Yeah. Um, man, maybe I need my clients to have a session with both of you from now on. <laughs> yeah, it can be, it's life-changing so stuff. Oh my gosh. Okay. All right. We've talked about a lot of things. Let's bring it back to my, like where listeners might be at. Mm-hmm. I had an abortion something or you know whatever after this last abortion whatever their story is something just feels harder to Mm -hmm. shake something just feels harder to work through yeah let's come back to like is that it or are there some more signs or um things they might be seeing feeling noticing if it's time for work like this Yes. Does that question make sense? 
That totally makes sense. Okay. <laughs> yes. Usually the things to kind of look out for, uh, that I see happen is where, yeah, things are, it's like things are manageable, right? Whatever our stress, our, our lives, whatever we've been able to kind of like emotionally work through seems manageable. And then all of a sudden it's like, it feels like something's just been like excavated from you, Mm -hmm. like emotion, right? It's usually something like grief. I see Mm -hmm. that a lot. Um, anger. I see anger. That anger is one. Yeah, absolutely. Which I guess is essentially usually grief, but yeah, they're definitely connected. Right. Something like that. Um, where it's just kind of like, where is this coming from? Yeah. Right. It's like, something's been like, um, uncorked within you and it's just like, uh, overflowing and, and so, I was just going to say, then it's like the other, the thing that I see kind of happen to is like, it's people are looking outside of themselves. Like, mm-hmm. who do I point the finger at? Right. Like, yeah. Like who's causing this for me or totally. like, what is like, I don't <laughs> even understand. Um, and if it's just, you've come to this point and it just doesn't make sense Yes. to yes. you, then it's like, okay, let's like look under the hood. Yeah. See. Yeah. So it's like, we're all feeling lots of emotions, but it's like an intensity of the emotion that maybe you can find some relief from, but it keeps coming back. Yes. It's always a similar level of intensity. (laughs) Yeah. Definitely a pattern where it's like, okay, I think I'm past this. And then, and then it just comes back and you're, you're just like, what, why? Yeah. (laughs) Like what is so, um, you know, it, it, you can't really like put the puzzle together because you're missing pieces of it. Yes. Yeah. And sometimes if, well, obviously feelings are coming in and out all the time, but like sometimes a feeling will come back and you're like, okay, here it is. I know the tools. Mm -hmm. I could just get to practice and work my way through it versus like, holy shit, here it is. It feels just as intense as the first time I ever felt it. And Mm -hmm. I don't really want to even look at the tools. And even when I try, they don't work. (laughs) Yeah. I was going to say like thought work, right. Is something where we're used to kind of doing this in the coaching space. But if you have something that, um, where it's just like, you've done all the thought work on it, like, like so many times and it still is just, it just keeps coming up. It's trying to tell you something Yeah, like it's yeah. trying to, to tell you that, that it needs, it needs like some love, like it yeah. needs to be witnessed. Yeah. Okay. So of, if we're in a belief system where all this feels like true to us, mm-hmm. have some souls do some souls have like many layers of this stuff to work through and others like have less? Usually what I, (laughs) yeah, usually what I see, that's a great question. So there's, so there's souls have been, um, if you're, I should just say, if you're curious about this, um, 
if this work is like, you're like, Ooh, I'm totally into past lives and stuff. And I want to know more. Yeah. A, a good thing to look into would be the work of Dolores Cannon. Um, okay. she's, she, that's what my, um, my method that I use, which is beyond quantum healing. It's based on her method. Okay. And so she has books where she has transcriptions of all of these sessions like this. Yeah. You get to kind of read them and see what other people go through. Um, I forgot what, what was your well, question? Well, the question is sort of like, I've heard before oh, oh, yeah. that like oh, some souls now. are newer and then some yes. souls are older and have yes. more and more lives to excavate trauma yep. from. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. There will, there's usually going to be lives that stick out as more powerful, right? Like more, if there was any sort of trauma in them, um, those are going to be the ones that are affecting you now, right? Like there are different types of lives, right? We, some lives we come in and, and they're pretty, um, not insignificant, but they're just kind of like a normal life. It's kind of like a restful life. Like you yeah. just kind of go through it. You work through your karma in the life and it just kind of nothing really happens. That's like major. Right. And then there are some lives where things are heavy and mm -hmm. more high stakes. Right. Mm -hmm. Imagine like what you could have possibly been doing yeah. in a past life. Right. Like, so is this sort of explain the people who it's like, why does stuff keep, how does shit keep happening to them? <laughs> mm -hmm. Like people who just have like lifetimes that are packed full of big, again, using the word mm -hmm. carefully, but like big stuff. And yes. it just doesn't seem to make sense. It's like, I don't Ooh, yeah. understand. Why is yes. that person going through another loss, another accident, another illness or whatever yes. it is like, yeah. So that's, that can be like a couple of things. So some of that can be residual from a, a previous life. Right. Yeah. But it, it really all. So if, if, uh, part of this, part of this belief system, right. Is that we come, we incarnate here to work through, to grow as a soul, yeah, totally. to work through whatever we need to, um, so that our soul can grow and, and, um, expand. And so sometimes we actually choose to have a harder life this so time around. Wild. Right. I believe Be this. I believe Be in all of this. <laughs> yeah. Because, because when we choose to have a harder life, that means that our soul is going to learn so much and, be able to, um, overcome so much to, to continue keeping moving up. Right. Yeah. And, hmm. and so sometimes we have a harder life because that's, that's really what our soul chose for us. Like hmm. we chose for us. And when we come to earth, of course we forget that. Yeah. Um, and so sometimes if you had a hard past life the time before, right. Then it's like, okay, like, let's see why, like what actually happened. And, and maybe it was part of your choice in your past life too. Mm. Right. 
but it's still residual. It's we're still hanging on to it. I just had a conversation with my teen daughter where I said, like, it used to be, I don't know if afraid's the word, but like kind of afraid to die. And then I got to this place where I was like kind of excited to die. I'm like, oh, uh-huh. I get to learn more about what's out there. And then I got to another place that was like, well, I don't want to die and then come back in yeah. some really hard life. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> but now this conversation even is relieving some of that fear because I'm like, well, if I choose to come back in a really hard life, like, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I guess there's a reason, right? And- like. It feels a little less scary. Yeah. Can we talk about that? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. This is so important. Um, So I grew up um, believing in reincarnation. I went to a church um, as a kid that was uh, founded by a yogi. So it was like, had a Hindu influence. You know, I went to Sunday school and learned about we were meditating and learning about reincarnation and stuff. Man, I wanted that Sunday school. (laughs) It was awesome. It was so good. And so it's just, that was just kind of my very unique experience that I had. Um, but later in life, I was just kind of, I started fighting with that because I was like, I don't want to come back. Like this life has been hard. Um, but, but it, the more I've gotten into this work, uh, it's really interesting. Uh, I recommend if you're kind of in that boat, read, um, there's a really great book by Dolores Cannon called, uh, life, life after wait, death after life, life after death. What is it? No, that's not what it's called. It's right behind me between death and life. That's what Ooh, it is. Okay. And, um, it actually goes through all of this and it's all based off of, um, these sessions that she's had that are just like what I do, you know, and talking to these souls who, who share what it's like and, um, oh my what gosh. types of choices. Yeah. They because make. if you're going through all these sessions with all different kinds of people, you start putting the puzzle pieces together. Yes. You start seeing lots of yeah. similarities and yeah. I see that okay. in my sessions too. Mm-hmm. Right. And it's so interesting. And so, um, yeah, so we, we get to, we never have to come down and reincarnate. Like we get to heal as long as we need to, before we incarnate and we get to choose to (laughs) like it, how hard we want this life to be for us. I'm debating whether or not to say this next part out loud. Okay. Here's how I'm going to say it. Okay. It's my own podcast, so I can edit it out if I want to. (laughs) (laughs) Do some people come into this life and then change their mind and they're like, I'm out. Like, I thought I wanted this, but I don't. And then I maybe either choose actively like to die by suicide or... Mm -hmm. I sort of manifest some kind of illness that, yeah. Oh, this is such a good question. Or accident or something. Yeah. So, um, so the soul doesn't choose suicide. That is a, um, when that happens, you're essentially kind of breaking your own contract with yourself. Um, so is that my question? Do some of us come in and then break our own contract? 
but I will tell you, there is kind of, there's keep going another, another, (laughs) my McGore says if I keep talking. So then there's another situation and, um, which is called like a walk-in where if say somebody comes into this life, right. And maybe they're a child still and, or sometimes with, with an adult too. And they are just, they decided it was not a good choice. They're really struggling, you know, with their body or their emotional health, whatever it is, you know, um, sometimes what will happen, it's called a walk-in where the, a different soul comes in and kind of swaps out so that the other soul can go back and go heal and rest. What? So you could have one body for a lifetime with different souls in it? Yes, but that's pretty rare. That's pretty rare. What? (laughs) Yeah. But it's like, if that person's there for like something important, right. And it's not their time to go. Okay. Like they can, they can swap out. So that might explain some like experience of what might that feel like as a human if that has happened to you Mm. I have no idea from what I understand (laughs) this is the craziest conversation (laughs) so good (laughs) from what I understand there's no kind there's like from the person's perspective right the body's perspective the brain's perspective it's there's no change it's just kind of like okay all of a sudden they're able to function better and have a better life Mm, interesting yeah yeah okay this question I also might not want to ask (laughs) And again, I'm reminding myself that I'm just asking your opinion from your belief system. I get to decide whether or not to accept that belief as my own or not. Absolutely. So I've talked about this before on the podcast for my loyal listeners. (laughs) They've heard this. Mm -hmm. Um, When I was pregnant, nope. After I had my abortion, Mm -hmm. I bravely Googled abortion videos or something. Like I wanted to see someone talk about abortion on YouTube. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I, this video came up that I've never been able to find again, like literally tried to find it a second time and never could. Uh And this woman was talking about some souls come in knowing they're not going to be born like they know abortion is how it's going to end or miscarriage or Mm -hmm. stillbirth or whatever Mm -hmm. like you basically as a person who had chosen abortion like I didn't mess with the life cycle I just carried out what that soul knew it was in for the whole time like it had it knew that contract when I conceived I just yep. didn't know that contract when I conceived. Yeah. So that was very comforting to me. Absolutely. Why I'm slightly afraid to ask, does that make sense in your belief system? Yes. Okay. I will. So from, um, you know, the, the work and the philosophy that I come from, right. And the, the kind of catalog of work that has been done by different hypnotists around this is that, um, 
a baby's soul usually comes into their body either shortly before birth or like right around when the birth happens. Mm -hmm. So, um, and when you talk to, like when you do this work and this comes up, they always like the babies always know, right? Mm, Like it might be, you know, the baby's body, but the soul is just kind of hanging around, like, you know, kind of waiting to see what's going to happen. Right. Oh, this is me. I wanted to ask another question. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) For the right person, this is going to be very comforting, I think. So in that belief system, yeah. Could you be pregnant, a full term pregnancy mm-hmm. and a soul kind of plays in and out and mm-hmm. then right before birth or at birth, it's like a soul chooses like, okay, yep. now this is the one. Yeah. Yep. So you could carry a pregnancy in which multiple souls move in and out until it's decided upon that that one is. So it's usually going to be one soul that's kind of hanging around that's, um, Oh, like maybe just yep. hanging around, but not entered. Correct. And sometimes they go oh my in God, and sometimes this they go whole out. thing is so fascinating. Yeah. They, yeah. It's so interesting. <laughs> it's all documented too. Like this, it's wild. So the reason that makes sense, I was like having trouble finding words and asking the question because sometimes as a mother, we feel that connection to a soul before Mm -hmm. birth but that makes sense because they're sort of hanging around Mm -hmm. inner interacting with you yeah they're scoping you out right yeah as like a family and and I have you know I have two kids as well and 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 it's interesting right because I you know, people talk about having this connection with their baby before they're born. Like I didn't experience that at all. Right. Like, and, and, and not until I actually like remember the specific moment after like my daughter was born, my first baby, when, when I felt that. Right. And it was like, I felt her soul present Mm -hmm. there with me. Right. And I hadn't even felt that before. And, and I kind of judged myself a little bit about that, I think for a long time, because I was like, I wasn't connected to my baby. Right. But it was like, she was just, she wasn't in there yet. Mm -hmm. Like her body was, but, Mm -hmm. but she, she wasn't. Oh, this is, this is just too much. (laughs) (laughs) It's really interesting. It's so good. And we've already been talking for a really long time. I think the, 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 I'm not ready to totally close yet, but the closing here is just like, we've introduced so many interesting things and there's so many more ways for you to, to learn about them and reach out to Manet for sure. If, if you want to explore this further, mm-hmm. cause I'm not the person to do it with. <laughs> um, I want to ask at least two more questions. One okay. that came up for me was when I first saw one particular post you posted and I'd been watching your growth over time, but, and you said past life trauma, Mm -hmm. do people ever have these sessions to explore past life joy? Like, absolutely. 
we're mm-hmm. always talking about like going to excavate the trauma. Like do people ever yeah. go and just like excavate the joy? <laughs> like- Absolutely. Yeah. Sometimes it's like, sometimes it's curiosity, right? Yeah. And, um, and sometimes it's just wanting like a more intimacy with yeah. yourself, with yourself yeah. and with your own soul's journey. Yeah. And, um, and it's always depending on what your intention is for the session is what you'll get shown. Right. right. So if well, you come in and you're like, I've got all this like emotions, I don't know what is going on. And you know, yeah. like, of course, then your subconscious is going to show yeah. you, show you what you need to see for that. But if you're oh, like, I'm curious and I just want more, you know, whatever your intention is, it's like your, your higher self just yeah, kind of yeah, like yeah. picks whatever you need to see in that moment. So that feels like for me, I had my abortion, lots of crazy emotions, mm-hmm. but I think almost what I excavated on my own without this work was like, show me the purpose, show me the meaning. Like this had yes. to mean something more. This couldn't have just been a blip in my life. Yes. Like, Absolutely. So you could go into a session being like, help me understand the meaning because I feel deeply there was something more purposeful and I can't put my finger on it. Yeah. Yeah. It doesn't even necessarily have to be like related to, um, related to past life, right? Like in your, in your own kind of, uh, awareness, it could like you, there's so much to explore even if that's not like the number one thing that you want to get out of it, because you're, you will like have this opportunity to really understand your life and your, like how things have unfolded for you in a way that is so much bigger than what you can see in front of you. So good. Okay. So that was one question because I had written at the top of my paper, past life joy. And then as we were, or trauma, and as we were talking, Mm -hmm. I like, I was like, what about joy? (laughs) So thank you for answering that. The last Mm -hmm. question is, I always like to ask at the end of a podcast, is there anything you came today wanting to share wanting a listener to hear, or that has come up in our conversation Mm. that you feel like someone needs to know? Yeah. I would say that how do I want to articulate this? Whatever you have gone through, you are divinely guided and held Mm -hmm. and the universe conspires in your favor all the time. And it's unconditional. It's unconditional. So no matter what you have done (laughs) in your life, what you have faced, like decisions you, Mm -hmm. you know, maybe if you wish you could take them back or you have mixed feelings about them, like, the universe conspires in your favor always and always loves you. This is happening for me. Yes. Yeah. Okay. 
Well, I'm glad I did not cut us off a while ago because it just feels like such a fun and interesting conversation. Um, where's the best pe place for people to find you? Uh, my website would be the best place. It's um, Monet. My, <laughs> I have a silent T in my name, so it's kind of weird, but M-O-N-E-T, like the painter, yeah. MonetFlorenceCoaching.com. Great. I will, of course, do all the linking, but I, some people like to run out. So thank you so much. Um, I'm just going to keep letting all this sink in and marinate and I look forward to whatever comes of it. <laughs> yeah. I'm excited. Thank I got you. to talk about it and thanks for being so curious. Yeah. That was beautiful. All right. Have a good afternoon. All right. Thanks. Thanks for listening, and as always, please consider sharing, rating, and reviewing this podcast. It helps me reach a wider audience and invites more people to thrive after abortion. If you're someone who chose abortion and find yourself struggling, hiding, or wishing you could move beyond your experience, head over to my website and book a free call. We'll talk about how you can start living the life you made your choice for.